and welcome to The Rosette, the only mother-only bachelor podcast out there. This is because Ariel, my daughter, is away on a vacation in Montreal. Oh, how fancy. And she's having a wonderful time. She's sending me some beautiful pictures of herself and her friends, and I know she's having a great time. And um, here I am toying the way at home, but happy to bring you the Bachelorette finale. Hannah Brown's season um, 15 of The Bachelorette has come to a close. Mwah, mwah. Kind of a teary, saddy close. But Bachelor Nation news. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. You know, I feel really stupid doing the do-do-do-do noise all by myself. But do-do-do-do-do. Bachelor Nation news. We have um, not a lot this week because most of Bachelor Nation news revolves around Hannah's um, finale, or if you're Chris Harrison, finale. But um, we do have one very important thing to tell you. Jade had her baby. Jade of Jade and Tanner had her baby, uh, but that's not all. She had her baby in her closet. Now, I don't know about you all, but there's not a single closet in my house where a woman, especially pregnant, can recline, much less deliver a baby accompanied by family members and um, EMTs. So kudos to Jade for having a fabulous closet, and kudos to her for having the wherewithal to have a baby in said closet. So, you know, many happy returns to Jaden Tanner, one of Bachelor Nation's favorite couples. Um, they named their child Brooks. Deliberate pause. Brooks. You know what I think of when I think of the name Brooks? <clears throat> have you seen, um, I know you have because it's a great movie, The Shawshank Redemption? There's a character in The Shawshank Redemption named Brooks. And, you know, spoiler alert, you know, stop listening if you want to see Shawshank Redemption and you haven't. Um, Brooks, when he gets out of jail after, you know, 50 years or whatever, he tries to reintegrate into society. And he goes, you know, he's, he gets a job at the grocery store and he's living in a halfway house type of situation and he can't handle it. So he hangs himself. Uh, and he leaves, he scrawls on the rafters above where he hangs himself. Brooks was here. So, you know, good luck with that name, young young baby person. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I hope, I hope Brooks has a wonderful life, and I'm sure he will. They seem like a wonderful little family. Um, other Bachelor Nation news. Um, oh, yes. The Paradise um, opening credits came out, so we can watch that on YouTube or wherever you watch that kind of thing. And, you know, almost paradise, etc. So Hannah G is our opening person. So that indicates to me that she's the star of the season, followed by our friend Blake, who rumor has it is going to have an interesting time on Bachelor in Paradise. Um, who else is on there? Oh, Demi, of course, is featured. Oh, I think, actually, I think they show Taisha before they show Demi, if I remember correctly. Taisha's like in this little leopard print bikini, and she comes out through the jungle, you know, beastie-like. Um, but she'll never be this, the beast that our, our Hannah B is. Uh, and then I think we get John Paul Jones doing a hair flip, and then they show Demi. 
And Demi's got a little crown that she puts on her head like she's Queen Demi. And she gives her little signature little, you know, nose wrinkle thing. Oh, golly. You know, I can remember that many. I can't remember all of them. Um, let's see. You know what? ABC. Mm, the intros aren't that, you know, they, there's not, they're not that gimmicky this year. Maybe some people like that. I personally like the really gimmicky intros. Like last year, Bibiana with her mic drop and Annalise with her, you know, bird on her shoulder nibbling her earring, all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, Jordan in his golden underwear, all that stuff. I think it's just campy and tawdry and hilarious, and I love it. Not not as campy this year, but there were a couple um, a couple of note, a couple little intros of note. Let's see. Our friend, oh, Christina Schulman. Hers is the best. Like so, when her introduction shows up, they just show like a hand with a teapot pouring tea into a cup, and the tea spills over. Like Christina's gonna spill the tea, which I think is really cute and really funny. Um, Sydney, our friend from Colton season, she does the splits because we know from Colton season that she's a dancer and she's very flexible and she looks absolutely beautiful. Um, Katie, another favorite of mine, she is so gorgeous, um, does a little bit where she's got binoculars, like peeks out from behind a wall with binoculars and looks like a spy. And those are the only ones of note that I really remember. Um, uh, Will from, you know, from years past, we're going to have Will's, um, Chris and Derek, I don't know, cause that's before I watched, before I started watching, but they're on, um, the aforementioned Annalise, Bibiana, one of the twins is going to appear later in the season, but she's not in the first pack of people. We see Cam, we see Clay. I love Clay. Of course, Clay is catching the obligatory football. Oh, golly. Anybody else? I mean, there's a tons of, tons of people, but those are the ones that come up to, off the top of my head right now. So it will be fun. I can't wait. Bachelor in Paradise is my favorite. And I can't wait to see what shenanigans these guys come up with this year. There's a little more Bachelor Nation news, but I'll try to remember to talk about it later in the broadcast. It makes it sound so fancy to call it a broadcast, huh? This is my broadcast. So let's proceed to talk about Hannah Brown, our lovely lectors finale or if you're Chris Harrison finale what where'd that come from it's so fancy Sammy so we start in the studio with Chris and Chris tells us this is going to be like nothing we've ever seen before he doesn't know what will happen will she have a happy ending maybe maybe not we'll see so we're back in Greece Greece we're back in Greece Crete Greece that's, I meant to do that. I meant to say crease because that's a, you know, that's the short way. That's what Greek people say when they're talking about Crete. They call it crease. Yeah, no. Um, Jed saying, you know, it starts, Jed says, why was Luke even here? That's such a Luke thing. And Tyler says that she handled it like a champ. And Peter's in the background just kind of saying, yeah, yeah, woohoo, yeah, go, go Hannah. Because he's Peter and we love him. Um, Tyler calls her a badass. And then Peter reminds them that they have a rose ceremony to go through still. And the tension among the boys returns. Uh, Hannah Lecter is walking around in that um, confusing dress. 
Uh, oh, and Chris Harrison picks up. Remember last last time Hannah had moved when Luke was chasing her down and trying to make him listen, trying to make her listen to him. She moved the podium to try to get away from him. It's hilarious. And um, Chris at this point picks up the podium, puts it back in its place, and Lecter gets up and says that you know you are three amazing men. You're vul- you know, thank you for being vulnerable, honest, open. She was blessed to have all of them in her life. I'm not just breaking somebody's heart, I'm breaking my own heart. And, you know, they show the boys all stand they all look really handsome. They're all in really nice suits and they all have their hands crossed in front of them. They're you know, I wish they would wear socks. I get that this sockless loafer short pant thing is is in and is a thing, but I just hope that it will be out. Really soon, because yuck. Um, Jed, well, she chooses Jed first. And collectively, Bachelor Nation goes, oh, why? I mean, even if, let's assume we never heard about the girlfriend. Haley is her name. Let's assume we never heard about her. The season progressed. You know, same way he's been portrayed all season. He's still, you know... He's he he doesn't have a job. He's a struggling musician. His parents well, we wouldn't know this, but his parents have to help him pay the rent. He has a roommate, etc., etc. You know, whereas Peter has a wonderful job, a wonderful family. Also, Jed's family was just kind of not at all receptive to Hannah. Peter has this great job, this wonderful family. This puppy dog, you know, tenderheartedness. I mean, obviously, Tyler, like, duh, you know, who wouldn't pick Tyler? He's got a bright future. He doesn't have, like, the same kind of career like Peter, but he's, you know, he's a model and he's a contractor. He has important, he has good skills to, you know, guy around the house, a contractor, but who who would not like to have that? And he can dance. And just, he's a great guy. So, you know, picking Jed is just... I can't understand it, and I know a lot of you can't understand it, but that's what happened. So she pauses before she chooses the next guy, but ultimately she sniffles, a big tear drops from her eye, and she chooses Tyler. And when Tyler accepts the rose, he says, always, Hannah, and he hugs her. Oh, this is interesting, too. When Jed accepted Hannah's rose, he didn't hug her, or at least they didn't show it. He just kind of, it was just kind of awkward feeling and not very warm or lovely. You know, either he really wasn't that excited to get the rose or it was edited that way because he didn't hug her. He didn't look relieved. He just sort of looks stiff and uncomfortable like he usually does. But Tyler, you know, says he'll always accept her rose and gives her a big hug. Um, And Peter, poor Peter, is the one that's going home. He thought he had it in the bag. Peter, you know, Chris Harrison says, Peter, of course, Peter, I'm sorry. Please say your final goodbyes like he's on his deathbed or something. And, you know, here's the thing. When Peter embraces Tyler, that I think that tugged at my heartstrings more than when Peter embraces Hannah. I just hate to see those two split up because they're excellent, lovely, wonderful friends. So Lecter says goodbye to Peter. She's weeping. She's holding his hands. Shall I walk you out? Um, She tells him, you know, you're my perfect, easy dream guy and repeats the thing about 
her Barbies, when she was playing with her Barbies when she was little, she imagined her husband being exactly like Peter. You know, you were that, you were that, she says. There was nothing wrong. You just weren't it. And he's kissing her hand. He says he's trying to be strong. He says, you'll always have a piece of my heart. This is hard and it hurts, but I don't regret anything about it. And they kind of snuggle for a little while. And you know what? In my opinion, guys, Peter was the best choice for her. You know, I hate to beat a dead horse, but he's this mushy, lovesick puppy. He seems devoted to her. He's got this great family. He's got strong Christian values, which she likes. Sure, they're from different parts of the country, and that's probably a little bit of a culture shock for her. But I think that just he had everything that she was looking for practically in a husband. And I know sometimes emotions get in the way of what the right choice should be, what's most practical, but I don't know. I just don't understand. I'm going to miss Peter. Anyways, um, but we still have Tyler. They hug again by the car, uh, and, you know, and he gets in the car, and he's, you know, says, it sucks. Yeah, I'm not mad at Hannah. It hurts like a bitch, and I'll never forget this journey. And, you know, he doesn't regret anything. He's doing his bachelor audition, basically. He says he has a ton of love to give, and it wasn't Hannah, but I truly thought it was. I truly did. And, um, you know, that was his bachelor audition. I give him, I don't know, B minus in his bachelor audition. But I do love him. And I think he's got a good chance, actually, uh, depending on what happens to, to be The Bachelor. So now we're back live in the studio with Peter. And Chris Harrison tells us, he just, Peter just watched that for the first time with all of you. Are you okay? And Peter's teary. You are very much in love with Hannah, Chris says. There's no doubt about that, Peter answers. You had trouble watching that. You had to turn your head away. Barbara, Peter, and Jack are in the audience, his parents. And your mom's got a, you know, she's going to need a bunch of, she's already gone through a box of Kleenexes. And they cut to his family, who we all love. Barbara's mom, Peter's dad, and Jack is the little brother. And the mom mouths, I love you, from the audience. Um, she must have a mic on because we can hear her. Harrison says, we all fell in love with your family. Uh, and we can tell, you know, where you've come from. You basically implying that his family is a wonderful family and that's why he's such a great guy. And Peter says he's so grateful to have them. <clears throat> Chris Harrison asked the mom how tough this is. And she wishes she could have had it happen to her instead of him because it's so painful for her. And I just love the mom. You know, I... That's, I mean, that would be the best thing about Peter being the bachelor is we get to see more of his family, who I love. Um, and I think they're here for his bachelor audition, too, to tell you the truth. <clears throat> At one point, the mom kind of puts her hand up against her husband's cheek and kind of pulls her toward him. And in my mind, I was thinking, I guess she likes both sets of his cheeks. Remember, because she was the one that decided she was going to marry him when she saw his backside for the first time. Chris asked Peter, when did you realize there was something there with, with Hannah? And um, Peter says, you know, I think it was when we were watching the fireworks go off in, in Latvia. 
And Chris says, well, that was really early. Why didn't you tell her sooner? And, you know, Peter basically says, well, there were still three other guys there. And, you know, it was awkward. Um, oh, and during this whole time, there's little chirons at the bottom of the screen advertising Bachelor in Paradise. So about this time, John Paul Jones's face came up and I got distracted. But that is neither here nor there. So Chris Harrison asked Peter, do you still love her? And Peter says he's moving on and doing his best, but a little piece of his heart will always love her. He's been anticipating seeing Lecter for a while. Um, he's seeking closure and wanting to keep all of the, he wants to keep all of the good memories with him, but still be able to move on. So they bring Lecter out. Um, oh, and I noticed this is funny. So I told you about the Chir the Chirons on the bottom of the screen for Bachelor in Paradise, when Chris says, and here's Hannah. At that very moment, they showed a picture of Hannah G at the bottom of the screen advertising Bachelor in Paradise, which I thought was interesting. I wondered if that was on purpose. Like, they're kind of subliminally reminding us about Hannah G while they introduced Lecter. You know, probably not, but I just thought that was an interesting thing. Uh, she's got this beautiful dress on. She looks really good. She, I mean... Some of her fashion choices have been here and there. Mostly, I think her fashion has been amazing. She's just worn some beautiful clothes. Now, her jewelry, on the other hand, has been a little iffy. I think it, it's very costumey. Looks like she's been shopping at Claire's. Is that the name of the place where Ariel used to get her jewelry in middle school? I don't remember. Anyways, um, she's wearing this gorgeous, like, royal blue dress, and it's um, like one shouldered, and then one ha and one side is a long sleeve. It's just really pretty. She looks beautiful, and she's out there to chat with Peter. They smile and they hug, and. He talked, you know, he basically talks about how great the Netherlands were and how great their hometown was. Uh, Mom blows a kiss and Hannah addresses them. Um, basically, so Peter says, you know, that Crete was amazing. Again, I'm about to say Crease. Crete was amazing. It, he said it got better and better in the fantasy suite, which I guess we'll learn more about in a minute. And he wants to know what the turning point was for Hannah. And, and Lecter says... There wasn't anything wrong. And, you know, she said, I thought that you would meet my family. You know, I really thought you would meet my family. And, you know, Peter said he thought it was going to be them in the end. You know, that the wind, you know, that after the windmill, everything was going to be him. And he wishes, you know, Lecter says he wished, Lecter says she wishes that he had told her his feelings earlier that he'd opened up about how he loves her earlier and she says you know I felt it but you didn't say it which I don't know that confuses me whatever if she felt it I think that to me feeling it would be just as important as saying it um and Peter also he asked why did you call us a slow burn and Lecter kind of pauses for a minute and she says it was very passionate and then she kind of puts her hand over her mouth and she looks all embarrassed. And the, that little, the little levity moment really changes the whole tone of the whole show. They lighten up, they laugh. And this is one of the big moments of the finale. Lecter says, you know, it kept 
progressing, but she needed to hear, you know, he loved her. She had to follow her heart. Um, and Chris says, you know, what made that goodbye the hardest? And Lecter says, I was, I was really hurting because I was falling in love with him and it, that didn't go away. It was real. And I was scared that I was letting go the perfect guy. And Peter gives sort of a sheepish little grin and we're getting to the good stuff. Peter promised, you know, he'd always be himself, always be Peter, and he didn't want to force it. You know, that he was he was hesitant to just throw the love word out because he, he didn't want to force it. He just wanted to be natural, be organic, etc. And that's when Chris Harrison says, well, because of you guys, no one will ever look at a windmill the same. And the audience erupts with, you know, happiness and glee, especially Peter's family, which is kind of weird. And here's where, here's where you know, it gets kind of good. Hannah says... Yeah, I'm sorry, you can hear my dogs in the background, but I think they're cute sounds, so I'm just going to let them do their thing. Uh, Hannah says, I was a little dishonest about the windmill. I said Peter and I did a thing twice, but it was actually four times. And the audience goes nuts. And the family goes nuts, which, again, is weird. The family's like, ooh, you know, good job, Peter. Ooh, you know, on national television. Anyway. Uh, the audience goes crazy, and Peter says, oh, the truth is out. And Peter and Hannah sort of high-five, combo high-five, hold hands, midair kind of kind of gesture. And here's, you know, I don't know when we'll ever see this again, but Chris Harrison stands up and salutes our friend Peter. Chris Harrison says, I want to point out that Peter's mom is right there, you guys. And his dad, his dad's chest is puffed out, right? And I'm thinking, well, weirdly, dad looks a little bit more embarrassed than mom does. Mom looks like she's digging this, which the whole thing is really weird. But, hey, they're a progressive, positive family, so whatever. That's cool. Um, and then this may be my favorite Chris Harrison quote of all time. It's my quote of the night for sure. Chris Harrison says, somewhere out there, Luke P's head just exploded. And I'm, you know, and I'm picturing... I mean, I'm sure that Luke P. somewhere actually has, you know, this is not going to literally explode, but I bet a piece of a vase or a dish or, you know, something probably exploded against, you know, the floor or the wall in his house. I, you know, I can't imagine him taking that well at all. Um, you know, Peter says, yep, that, that, that happened, but Jesus still loves both of us. And Hannah says, that's right. Amen. Hannah gives, or Hannah and Pete have a, you know, this big sort of one-armed hug. And, you know, it's a really healthy breakup feeling. You know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I don't think that they're ever going to get together because I think her sights are more set on Tyler as we proceed with our little broadcast here. Um, but, you know, I think he would be a decent bachelor. We can talk about that later. I like him. I like Peter. I know, you know, he, I think people are either really pro or really anti-Peter. I don't think there's a lot of in the middle. He's very kind of Ben Higgins-like. Uh, you know, I do like him, though. So we'll see what happens. If you know, I, I totally watch this season. I think he's adorable. So we're back in the studio there's a commercial break. We're back in the studio. Um, Lecter's gone. So Chris Harrison takes us back to Crete, Greece, or as I like to call it, Crease. 
Um, she looks pretty cute. She's got this little ponytail and this little tied shirt thing. She is um, getting ready for to introduce the boys, the remaining boys, Jed and Tyler, to her family. Um, so she's kind of walking around, and she says that Jed is her best friend and partner. Um, that that this is going that it's a potentially a really stable relationship or marriage. Next to which I wrote, uh, no. Like, when is a musician relationship ever stable? You know, that's, especially at this early part of his, quote, career. You know, musicians have to do, they just have to really scramble to stay alive. And, you know, I get that if if he wins, if he wins, he, you know, if they're together, that they're going to make a zillion dollars on Instagram and so forth. But in general, a musician life is challenging when you're starting out and you have to work in clubs late at night and travel a lot and, you know, make iffy money. It's, you know, so I don't know why she thought he was the most stable one. I guess maybe emotionally, like she felt the most comfortable with him, maybe. I'll tell you who's stable. Peter is stable. Jeez. Anyway, and she says that Tyler is supportive and confident. And, you know, she's just trying to figure out which one she's going to pick, presumably. I think she intends to pick Peter. I mean, <laughs> wishful thinking. I think she intends to pick Jed way before this. I think that in her mind, because she said that, I, I just thought for sure you were going to meet my family. I think in her mind that she was, the final two for her were going to be Jed and Peter. But... Because her date with Tyler, her fantasy suite date with Tyler went so well, and she was crying afterwards, and he's the most respectful guy she's ever known, that I think that she decided to hold on to him instead of Peter, knowing the whole time she was ultimately going to pick Jed, because she had kind of she felt kind of guilty about it. So, I don't know. Take that as you will. That's my little two cents. Uh, let's see. She's Oh, she's wearing this really beautiful short blue like peasant dress off the shoulder, like navy blue, and she's got these pretty, these three little short necklace choker type, type, she's just gorgeous. Um, she's getting back with her family for the first time. She's excited to see her mother. It's her mother and father, and I believe her aunt and uncle and brother, I believe, are there. Um, dad's name is Robert, and mom is Suzanne. And, um, you know... Lecter kind of prepares them to meet Tyler because Tyler is the first one that's going to meet her family. She says his parents are divorced. Um, his dad's been really sick, but he's like the glue in the family. Um, and she told him she's worried that she was, you know, she's not sure she's falling in love with him. She's worried that she's falling in lust with him. And, but their relationship has really progressed since the fantasy suite because in the fantasy suite she told him she did not want to be intimate with him because she wanted to get to know him better and that impresses the family that they made that decision just to get to know each other better in the fantasy suite than to take it further especially dad dad thinks that's really cool um she you know so tyler comes in and he's got flowers and he's looking great and he says, hey, what's going on, Mr. Chill, Mr. Tyler, Mr. Chill Tyler? Um, in his little ITM, he refers to them as the in-laws, and he says, they'll see if I bend or break, but it's an honor to meet them. And 
basically Lecter tells him immediately that he's a dancer, which is kind of a weird way to define him so quickly. Uh, so Tyler, you know, Tyler says, yeah, yeah, I, I took dance classes in high school, in college. He says, you know, my first year in college was really hard. I got the first year I got D's and F's. I got kicked out of English. So, you know, he's in, he was in sports, he's a big sports star. So he had to take summer school and they threw a bunch of classes at him to get his GPA up. And so that's how he started taking dance classes and he really liked them and he was just a couple of credits short of a dance major. So mom tries to get um, Hannah to do a So, you know, Hannah says that he's got a mean pirouette and mom tries to get Hannah to do a pirouette, but ultimately nobody does a pirouette, which please, that would have been awesome. I'd like, I'd love to see both of their pirouettes, especially Tyler's. Uh, so mom takes Tyler aside and they chat. Um, Tyler says they haven't had any arguments or disagreements, but they have had tough talks. And he promises to always be honest and not go, you know, behind her back. Irony, Jed. Irony. Cough, cough. Um, his experience with his parents having divorced and had some difficulties in their marriage has made him recognize where and when things can go wrong. And he will, you know attempt to prevent that from happening. And he, you know, he goes on about how he wants, you know, he can 100% see marrying her, being the father of her children. He adores her and the family's eating this up. You know, we're all, we all love Tyler. It's impossible not to just love Tyler. It's a thing. If Ariel brought Tyler home, you know, shoot, you know, that's an easy choice. <clears throat> and, you know, whatever. He, he's a great guy. He's done, you know, he's scandal free. He's done nothing wrong. He's done everything right. I'm sure he's not perfect. Part of me doesn't want him to be bachelor because that additional scrutiny might reveal things about him that will ruin bachelor nation's admiration of him. You know what I mean? So, but most of me wants him to be bachelor anyway. So then dad asks about the fantasy suite he said, and Tyler says, I respect your daughter. That night was about connecting. There's a time and a place for everything. He says a couple of times, you know, and that's when he says the whole speech about, you know, he wants, he loves, I love your daughter. I want to be the mother of her children. I want to be the father of her children. And he wants to lead his family in faith and a strong woman. He has no second thoughts. He's saying all the right things. The faith thing kind of struck me by surprise because they haven't shown any of that between Tyler and Hannah, any of the faith thing, and that's so important to her. And again, if that faith thing's so important, Peter had that going on, but whatever. That's the thing you can nurture and grow, so whatever. Moving on. The dad and his ITM seems says that Tyler C. Well, he didn't say Tyler C., but I... In my notes, I use his, his initials. It says TC. Whenever I talk about Tyler, it says TC. Dad in his ITM says, Tyler seems like the real deal. So then Lecter talks to her dad about the fantasy suites. Um, they, you know, he, Tyler has good intentions. Um, and then Ty Lecter said something that I thought was kind of sad. She said, my dad is so proud I have someone as great as Tyler to love me. Honey, you're lovable. You're lovable. You know, whoever loves you is the lucky one. I mean, you know, not, I don't know. I, I just, that, that statement just made me pause. 
you know, you shouldn't base your worth on what kind of guy you can attract. That's not, that's not a thing. Just be you and whatever guy you attract will be the right guy for you, is my opinion. Anyways, um, Lecter and her mom get together and chat. Um, you know, Lecter's mom is thrilled with Tyler. He, he's, she's happy that he makes her laugh and he'll dance with her. She's, he'll dance with you, which I guess is a cool thing. You know, there's not many, I guess in life, like my husband dances with me. He's an awesome dancer. I guess in life, most husbands don't know how to dance. I don't know. That's not a thing I've experienced, you know, a thing I've experienced with my husband, but it's it's a nice perk, you know, it's not everything, but it's a nice thing to have if your husband's willing to dance with you when the occasion arises. Um, so Le Lecter's mom, who I believe's name is Suzanne, said, do you see yourself getting engaged to him at the end? And Lecter immediately and quickly says, yeah. So in my heart, I'm thinking, oh, please let the rumors be false. Please let her marry Tyler and so forth. Um... Anyways, so the the meeting of the family's over. Tyler and Lecter go outside and they chat for a little bit. And she tells them that she didn't, she wasn't sure if she was falling in lust with him or falling in love. Like she's already said that three or four times. But she tells him to his face, "I know now that I've been falling in love with you." So she finally says that to one of the guys face to face. When they say goodbye, he says he loves her so much and to enjoy and cherish the time with her family. And he hopes that she has clarity. What? Pick him! Pick him! What are you thinking? He understands the importance of family in a way that Jed doesn't seem to. Pick him! Gosh. Anyways. Um, so he's off and it's time for Jed to meet Lecter's family. Um... And at, at some point she says, this person fits my life. And she's felt that from the beginning. I don't understand why she thinks he fits her life. Because he's this nomad musician guy who is not, you know, super religious. And is just he's just painfully average, to tell you the truth. I, I really liked Jed early in the season. So that, it's just interesting what they do to us. The, the producers. I really liked him early in the season. I liked his honesty, you know, when he said that he was he first joined the show to promote his career. I appreciated that. The whole way he handled, you know, walking in on her and Luke um, early in the season. I, I thought all those things were good. And I remembered earlier in the season, I remember I said, WWJD, what would Jed do? Because that's what he seemed like. And then once we found more and more about him, you know, found out about this girlfriend and all that other stuff, you know, I like the rest of the world was my feelings about him were transformed into, you know, suspicion and, you know, dislike and all that stuff. It's just, it's just a fascinating process. And now, you know, now I look at him and I try to be objective and I say, you know, why does she pick him? He's just... He's just sort of meh, you know. Why isn't Matt Donald still there? He, you know, or I don't know. 
the, you know, she let John Paul Jones even, whatever. She, she just let a lot of guys go that I thought had so much more potential than this Jed fellow. Anyway. Uh, so Jed is going to meet Lecter's family. She's wearing another blue dress, but this one, um, it's still really pretty, but I'm not a fan of it as much as the one she wore yesterday. The, the one she wore yesterday, or on the previous date, of the previous family meeting was this, you know, kind of navy blue. This is more of a royal blue, jewel-toned thing. Um, it's very low-cut. It's very voluminous. Only very skinny people can wear this and look, you know, sexy in them, but she looks great. Jed's clothes are dumb, on the other hand. He's wearing this stupid outfit with this... I mean, he just... It's too casual. It's just... Ugh. It's like... It's a shirt with this pocket, non-pocket. It's like a light... Like a denim color shirt. And it's as if... The shirt's been washed a bunch. And got and faded. But then the... Like, somehow the pocket fell off. And the pocket's not faded the same color. It's... It's ugly. I don't like it. Anyway, so mom tells us that the bar was set really high yesterday with Tyler, but, you know, they're all open to meeting Jed. They they have a hug, um, and Lecter's, Lecter's a little bit nervous. She, oh, and then Jed, when he sits down with the family, he does his stupid little thing about, oh, she shines on the outside, but I realize she also shines on the inside. This is such an overuse. It, it was never good to start with. It was never a good out of the limo opening night, you know, light, the opening line to start with. I'm crossing the word opening night and opening line to start with, um, and, and now he's just carrying it on. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It, anyways. So, uh, he tells them, I'm a singer and a songwriter and that's my path. Like he has no other, like, choice. Okay. Um, he says he has the best intentions and the most pure intentions of watching over Lecter and loving her through everything. Um... The dad says that, you know, Taylor's pleasant, but yesterday's connection was really strong, her connection with Tyler. So dad and Jed go to talk together, and dad asks Jed what his goals in life are. And Jed, you know, his his dream is, you know, to music, and that he moved to Nashville to pursue music. And the dad says, well, what are your financial goals? You know, you need direction. It's important for you to be able to support my daughter financially. And Jed says that he's pursuing many facets of income, and he has backup plans. So instead of saying, "Hey, I'm also a male, I'm in a male dance review and take most of my clothes off on the side," he talks about different facets of income. So Jed, just be honest. Jed has a real problem with honesty. Honesty is important, Jed. <sighs> Anyways, then Jed proudly tells Papa Brown that he has signed a deal with a dog food company and that he wrote their jingle. He says, that's my most major accomplishment. And Dad, understandably, is skeptical. 
<sighs> and if you haven't already gone listen to the dog jingle, there's nothing wrong with it. As I listen to it. You can find it online. There's nothing wrong with it. It's pleasant. It's, it's nice. Um, but jingles are supposed to be catchy. And they're supposed to, you know, a good jingle is a real, a real ass earworm, right? A good jingle, you should be singing it without, you know, on your way to work without realizing why you're doing it. That's, that's the whole purpose of a good jingle. You know, Jed needs to ring up Barry Manilow or other great jingle writers out there because his jingle is pleasant and okay, but it's not, well... You know what? The dog company, I'll tell you what, even if it's not a good jingle, that dog food company, I think it's called Better Bowl. Now everybody know, everybody that watches The Bachelor knows that Better Bowl is a thing, so they left out, but the jingle itself, you know, meh. That's it doesn't do what a jingle is supposed to do. And there's nothing wrong with writing jingles. I'm not criticizing that. If you're a great jingle writer, you can make a fortune. It's just that a jingle should be an earworm. And a story, and his isn't. But, you know, it's it's just, you know, it's really sad. I think at this point, um, you know, the editors, they know that the People Magazine article has been out for a while. Everybody knows Jed had this girlfriend. His edit has gotten increasingly worse, but they really did him dirty here <laughs> in, the, in the meeting the parents uh you know, portion of the show because they just make him look like a moron. You know, the dad says, how can you provide for my daughter? You, you know, why, why should I trust you? Blah, blah, blah. And he basically just says, music is my path. And I wrote a dog food jingle. And they're just making him look really pathetic. And I'm sure, you know, I, I have issues with Jed, but he's not a terror. You know, I don't know. He, you know, he's not like Luke. It's not like I'm afraid he's going to like hurt some girlfriend in the future. He, he's young and he's learning, but yeah, they, they, maybe he deserves it, but they did him pretty dirty on this, um, meeting the parents date. Anyway, dad's not impressed. He tells Jed, you know, there's a no return policy. Marriage is a one-time deal. And dad works 14 to 16 hours a day to care for his family um, you know, this has been one cohesive family that we've tried to build, you know, so it has to be a good fit. And I love the no return policy. I'm not sure if I love it or hate it. It's like she's chattel, you know, it's, it's sort of, I, I get what he's saying. It's like, I, I want her to, of course, every parent wants their child to get married one time and live happily ever after and have a strong family. That doesn't always work. Um, on the other hand, it's kind of a, patriarchal saying however you want to say it um but you know then in his itm jed is bummed because their focus is on the financial you know they don't think i'm adequate he says and you know stop crying about yourself jed and you know stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about Hannah and her family and trying to impress them like Tyler did. You know, platitudes or not, tell the family that you love her and you're going to care for her and give and tell them how you're going to care for her. You know, obviously, they're going to be skeptical of a musician and a male review dancer who's going to be out late at night traveling on the road with 
you know, other temptations, blah, blah, blah. As well they should be, apparently, with you, Jim. Anywho, he's bummed in his ITM. Mom and Lecter talk. You know, the mom, oh, the mom has one of my other favorite quotes of the night after Luke P's head's going to explode and a couple of others. She says, ellipses, he's got ellipses, qualities. <laughs> he's got qualities. Um, you know, but then she, she also tells Hannah, she says, you know, we're just a little bit skeptical because of his career choice. And, you know, we don't know if that's the most stable path for you. And they, you know, they just, they feel like something's off here. They just don't feel really as comfortable with him as they did with Tyler. Mom, you know, mom up and up prefers Tyler. He's on his own. You know, he's, you know, he just, she just feels he's a better fit. He's more mature. And ultimately though, mom hugs her and tears up and tells Hannah, you know, you're everything to me. And, you know, mom wants her to have someone who'll love her like she should be loved. So, you know, then Lecter gets all defensive. She gets all bratty. Bratty beast comes out. And I understand that. You know, you're young. You wanted your parents to like this person because you like this person. You know, we've all been there. Everybody's been there. You know, because when your parents say this guy isn't right for you, it makes you feel like, it makes you feel bad because you're so excited about this and you made this choice. And when your parents rightly say, I'm not sure your choice is correct, that, that's offensive and it, it hurts your feelings. So I understand why she gets kind of bratty and defensive. But, you know, she says, this isn't about anyone but me and my heart. <sighs> anyway, so Lecter visit with, with her dad. You know, dad says, it went okay. Our conversation went okay, but he kind of he kind of explains, overly explains things. He's not direct. I think dad feels like maybe Jed's giving him kind of the runaround or, you know, not, not the full truth. Surprise, Jed's not truthful. Who would have guessed? Anyways, so, um, Braddy Beast, you know, basically says, you know, she, well, okay, this is a good point. She says he, she wants her husband to be able to provide for her, but she knows that she can be successful and she can also provide for her family. And, you know, go her. I, I support her in that. Of course, you know, especially in this coupling, Hannah's going to be the better provider, in my opinion. But, you know, it would be, it would be lovely if they both had the same potential to be good providers. Um, you know, dad, you know, Lecter says to her dad, just tell me if, you know, even if it's negative, tell me your thoughts about, about him. And basically, it's just a stalemate. The parents don't really like him. Um, Dad can't fully express what it is about Jed that he doesn't like, apart from the financial. But both mom and dad, they don't really show the brother or the aunt and uncle at all. They only show mom and dad of Hannah's. Um, and they just can't really put it 100% into words, but they know something's wrong. So after the date, she basically, Hannah Lecter, says that she's afraid she won't be able to let go of the one she doesn't pick, which is 
interesting foreshadowing. Uh, electric, you know, after, kind of after this meeting the family thing, Jed and Hannah go outside to talk, and they're, you know, the beautiful blue seas behind them. Um, Hannah wants, you know, she, she, she wants to talk about Tyler, but she, she's nervous that that will make Jed uncomfortable. But Jed says, you know, I don't give a crap about myself right now. Go ahead and talk to me. Um, so she admits that Jed, she, you know, she admits to Jed that her family likes Tyler better. And um, this is when she delivers her line that we've seen in the previews. You know, F me. That's why you don't date pe two people at once. And Jed assures her that, you know, more than anything, Hannah, I believe in you. We know what we have. And like, oh, man, he's a, uh, he's a piece of work. Anyways, so Lecter's freaking out a little bit, but that's the end of that uh, family meeting. So we're back with Chris Harrison. And he wants, he, he mentions there's going to be a new podcast called Bachelor Happy Hour with Rachel Lindsay and Ali Fedotowski. I'm, I'm not super familiar with Ali, so I'm not sure I said her name correctly. But um, uh, actually, here's the thing. So I listened to it. I listened to, they had an episode with Jed on yesterday, and I listened to it while I was picking up the house. And here's, this is what's funny. So they had Jed on. And Jed was talking about his experience and the girlfriend and all that. But Jed does the same thing with the K at the end of his INGs. It's so funny. It's like, you know, yes, I was thinking about that. And I, you know, really regret having done that. You know, it's it was hilarious. I couldn't, he didn't do it every time. He didn't do it as often as Hannah does. But he was definitely doing that ink thing. It was hilarious. And he, you know... I, I I don't want to give a whole review of it, but he comported himself himself fairly well. He was remorseful and so forth. Um, and we'll talk about you know he was he he comported himself better on their podcast than he did on the show. Well, we'll get to that. So Jed and his trying to fit you know, he's trying to learn not to lie I guess because he's having a hard time not lying but anyway he did he did better on there on that happy hour podcast thing so now they're in Furni, Greece um it's foggy and there are goats Hannah's you know Hannah's camp comes on and she says it didn't go so great that my fan with my family they weren't into Jed and so it's time for the last two dates. Um, so Tyler comes out to have his last date with Hannah. And of course, when he greets her, he says, sup girl. Uh, she's in. A... So her final date with Tyler is going to consist of, wait for it, more horseback riding. Lecter, leave the guy alone. Hasn't he proven, he's proven himself in every single way except horse, you know, friendship. He can have one failure. Let him, let him not have to love horses. So they have their horse riding gate. And, you know, Tyler kind of, you know, says he's, he kind of, before he gets on the horse, he's a little hesitant. 
he's kind of petting the horse and Lecter's like, come on, come on. And Tyler's like, no, I'm building the bond right now. And there's dopey music. So their last date is like this dopey comical music date, which is kind of unfortunate. But, you know, and I think to myself, is she trying to sabotage this? Is she trying to find a reason to pick loser Jed over Tyler? Like, oh, you know, Tyler's better in every single way than any other man on the planet, except he doesn't like horses. So I pick Jed because, you know, probably Jed likes horses. <sighs> You're stupid. Lecter. Ah. Just let him not like horses and be perfect in every other way. Jeez. Anyway, so they ride around the horses and it actually goes surprisingly well. Uh, there's a really cool like drone shot of them riding in this beautiful Greek countryside. It's like unimaginably beautiful. I can't even describe it. And this really amazing like drone shot pulling way, way back from them riding their horse. And Hello, it turns out Tyler is good on horses. There's nothing he can do wrong. Uh, you know, but, you know, Tyler basically t tells her he's feeling giddy. He was feeling so giddy when he was getting ready to see her. He says, your family is so great. Your dad is such a, you know, he's such a great guy. And, you know, I, I assure them that their daughter will always be safe and loved. If, if you're with me, I you'll always be safe and loved. And, you know, I'm buying, I'm buying everything Tyler's selling. I truly am. He's, he just seems really sincere. I don't know. He doesn't seem like a rocket scientist. But he also doesn't seem like a player either. He seems like he's really invested in this. And, you know, well, all of Bachelor Nation loves him, so I don't have to preach to you. Um, basically, he, you know, he just wants to be with her, even if, oh, yeah, he says, he says, I want to be with you. I don't care where we are, what we're doing. Even if we're in a part in, you know, in a small apartment arguing about what paint to choose, I just want to be with you. So he says all these cute things. Um, so the new sort of angle that has been attributed to Tyler is he is the one that will quote protect her this is the new thing he's kind of promoting and her family's kind of promoting he is the one that can protect and defend her and take care of her and Jed's just a loser who's gonna let her you know wash away down a drain pipe I don't know anyway she says she can see a future with him the night date um the night dates both night dates are very casual she goes to see them in their hotel rooms or wherever they are. Every, at this point, there's no group housing you know, situation. They're all separated. So she goes to see him in her little jeans and her little crappie sweater. And he answers the door and says, what's up? Will you come into my crib? And she does. He's just so cute. And, you know, he tells her, we crush the horses. You know, we crush the horses so we can overcome anything. So he's still kind of promoting this, like, you and me against the world, I'll protect you and defend you and take care of everything. Um, they, you know, they, I wonder, I wrote down here, I hope they have real conversations that we're not hearing. Like, because their conversations, as beautiful and lovely as they are, they're very rom-com, very, a little bit stilted, kind of perfect conversations. I hope they have, like, real conversations. I just, that's kind of just a little note I made to myself. Um... He tells her he was cheesing really hard after their date because he felt so good about meeting her family. 
and I was cheesing so hard. It's just such a funny thing. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? I guess I interpret it to mean I was super happy and smiling a lot and feeling really good about meeting your family. But I don't know. That's my interpretation. Who knows what he meant? Um, and there, he says they can have a kick-ass marriage. We're going to be kick-ass in our marriage. And he, Hannah and their future children are the things that are the most important to him in life. He can't wait to take them to sports and etc. Uh, you make me the happiest I've been, and I don't see that ever changing, he says. So, again, he's saying all the right things. I hope they're saying they're talking about more than just this all the right thing rom com -y stuff. But he's doing great. Hannah says he's the perfect guy. Um, they make out. And that is the end of their very last date. Back to the studio. Chris Harrison, who will she choose? And he again hints that she won't find her happily ever after. Now it's time for her last date with Jed, the big head. Ugh. Isn't his head shaped weird? I always thought his head was shaped weird, even when I really liked him. Anyways. Ow, ow. Oh, I have a cramp. Okay. Oof. I'm sitting on the floor. And I'm old. Okay. Um... Now it's time for a date with Jed. She is an all-white, by the water, looking brighty, very bride-like. And um, we're Jed's going to get the last boat ride of the season. So they're taking a boat ride um, in the beautiful blue Grecian waters. Um, Lecter says, this is freaking sweet. Jed takes his shirt off, and I'm not impressed. It's not that he's not an attractive guy. He's a pretty good-looking guy, and I know he's a male review dancer. And back in her Mr. Right contest, he looked really nice. Um, but he's just, he's kind of like this, he's not very lean. He's kind of like this sort of stocky, kind of compressed, kind of muscly. And I don't know, just, he, he doesn't look as good as he looked on the Mr. Right contest thing. I don't know. I'm sure they don't have as much chance to work out and, and everything while they're on the show, but meh. I just say meh, meh. Um, and Hannah starts to get sick because it's pretty rough sea. She says, I don't know if I like all these rocky waters, which is obviously sort of a metaphor for kind of what's, what we know is going on behind the scenes. You know, that, that this people magazine article came out about Jack's girl or Jack. Sorry. My son just stopped by a few minutes ago. I paused and visited with him Jed's um, girlfriend and you know we know that there we, we assume there has been some difficult conversations that they've been having um, assuming he wins and so that's just sort of like a foreshadowing symbolic -y kind of thing is that she doesn't I don't know if I like these rocky waters um, I wrote that's prescient to get a clue girl so she gets seasick and she's like vomiting over the side of the boat. And she says, this is not how this is supposed to go. Which we saw in the previews. And I had never imagined in the previews when I saw it that she was talking about, you know, getting seasick on a date. But it's just a terrible date. Jed tells Hannah that he's sort of, you know, it's, he's sort of uncomfortable because there's a chance it couldn't be, you know, it won't be him in the end. Um, you know, because 
Tyler's still here. He says, your dad didn't believe in me. You know, he doesn't understand the other stuff I do. And I wrote, like stripping? Question mark. And there's tense music. Um, and Hannah, you know, Hannah's getting engaged tomorrow. She's getting engaged tomorrow, she tells us. And she still doesn't know what to do. Um, uh, she's scared and she's sad to break. Whoever's heart she's going to break is going to be really sad for her. And it's going to break her heart, too. And, you know, I don't know. I, at this point, it, it, I, I don't know what to think. I would just wish she will pick Tyler. The nighttime date with Jed, um, you know, again, it's back. It's at his hotel room. And I wrote, why does she want this guy? I just don't understand. She says she needs clarity. Um, and I'm so sick of that word. I wish we could just ban that word forever from bachelorness. And I know we can't. It's a trope. It's the thing we do. They have to have clarity. Blah, blah, blah. Um, it's just, you know... Jed is anxious this whole time. Tyler was, as usual, chill during his date. Um, Jed says he can't picture his life without her. Uh, Lecter says, yeah, but your dad didn't feel good about your your ability, you know, to support me. You know, he's worried about your being able to support me. There will be times when, you know, one will have to make sacrifices for the other. And Jed says, I want more than anything to take care of you. Um, he never considered this level, you know, he never experienced this level of serious relationship with anyone. Mm-hmm. Tell that to the ex-girlfriend. Anyways, they, um, you know, they cuddle and stuff, and they, they, they leave. That's the end of their day. I kind of feel like he's kind of pushing her during the whole time. I felt like he was kind of like pushing her to choose him. And whereas Tyler was chill and kind of, you know, I want you to be happy and make the right decision kind of feeling. Jed was kind of like desperate feeling, you know, I don't know. It was just yuck. Um, it's, it's sort of a tense goodbye, a little, I mean, almost, I wrote down it was almost sinister feeling. I, that's probably an exaggeration. But it wasn't a warm, friendly goodbye. It was kind of this tense kind of walking down the corridor. It was just, it was uncomfortable for me. I, I can't even really put it into words. So back in the studio, Chris says, Will Hannah get the happy ending she deserves? Or will this be the most shocking finale in Bachelorette history? You know, in days of old, when he used to talk about how it was going to be the most shocking episode finale, et cetera, et cetera, he, it's, I feel like he was, I feel like nowadays they, they are getting increasingly more shocking and, you know, he's not fibbing as much as he used to. Anywho, and he says, you know, will she get her happy ending or will Bachelor Nation end up in tears? Dun, dun, dun. Okay, Hannah, I think we go to a commercial. Oh, no, I think Hannah's still there with him. She says the last couple of, oh, this is the end of the first episode. Okay, so there's two episodes. So she's on the screen, on the, our television screen, in the live studio audience. She says, I know the last couple of months there, you know, there have been rumors. And they've sure been, these, you know, the last couple of months have been really tough. 
but tomorrow I try to answer all of your questions. And then it's time for night two. And okay, I am back with y'all. You didn't know I was gone because, uh, you know, the instantaneousness of podcasting. But weirdly, coincidentally, the very moment that I was done talking about night one, Ariel's computer died. And so I plugged it in and went about the rest of my day. Now it's the middle of the night, which is why I'm speaking very quietly. I can't sleep. I've got kind of a irritated stomach. And so I'm back to try to finish up this very long podcast. And I will try to be tired kind of quiet because my husband's downstairs sleeping and so are the dogs. I don't want to disturb them. Um, I live in an upside down house so all the living areas are on the second floor and the bedrooms are on the um, first floor because I live about two and a half blocks from the ocean and all the houses in this town are built upside down so that you can see the ocean from the common areas so just you know, you know care. Anyways, so it's night two of Hannah Brown's finale. Chris Harrison greets us and tells us that tonight Hannah must choose. Welcomes Bachelor Nation and prepares us for the shocking conclusion no one saw coming. Not Hannah, not even Chris. And he talks about the massive destructive force of lies and betrayal. I can barely read my handwriting. The massive destructive force of lies and betrayal. And a proposal that will be nothing short of cringeworthy. So Chris basically gives it away immediately. You know, just Tyler's not going to do anything cringeworthy. Anyway, hope you're ready, Bachelor Nation, because here we go. So we meet Hannah in um, her hotel. She's got a Bible open that she's been reading. It's Highlighted a little bit, so it looks like her actual Bible, unlike the one that Luke P. had earlier this season that looked brand spanking new. Um, Hannah talks about how she's changed. She's a different woman. Um, she, you know, she's she's really matured over the past couple of months. Um, she used to be dependent, needed validation. She never felt like she was enough. She didn't need it. She doesn't need a man anymore, but she wants one. Um, so we, you know, we see the boys getting ready for their proposal day. Tyler looks real handsome as usual. I mean, obviously, duh. And, um, he's kind of staring off into the water and Jed looks like he's journaling or maybe God forbid he's writing another song. Um, Tyler meets Neil Lane first. Hannah's, he says, Hannah is loud and proud and that's the kind of ring that he is looking for. Um, Jed meets with Neil Lane, and he chooses an oval because it's the same shape as his head. I'm <laughs> just kidding. He chooses an oval because it represents his his and Hannah's love. It's constant, and I guess a circle. I don't know. A circle's a constant. An oval, I'm not sure, is a constant, but it is circular, shaped sort of, just like his head. Um. And it cuts away to Lecter, and she says the fateful words, Jed is as honest with me as I am with him. Dun-dun-dun, foreshadowing. Um, they show the boys getting ready, again, like I said, for the proposal. 
they show Tyler shirtless as he's getting ready. Um, thankfully, we don't have to see Jed shirtless. He's already got most of his clothes on when we flashed him. Hannah, of course, is in a white sequiny gown. Um, I'm not fond of it. I don't think it's her best look this season, but it's a kind of bachelor trope that they end up in a wedding -y gown at the end, at least at least, Han at least past couple season. Um, Becca did it too, I believe. <clears throat> Hannah says the best things in life are the hardest. Um, but both of the bros are looking contemplatively with their rings over the ocean. Hannah's on her way in the car. She's looking like she's going to throw up. And all of a sudden she says, stop the car, uh, which we saw in the previews. She gets out and big surprise, she falls down. They, also, they showed us that in the previews too. I wish they hadn't because poor thing, you know, she's a wreck. She, um, she doesn't know who to choose. She doesn't know what the hell she's doing. I feel so bad for her. And she's kind of sitting on the ground. The producer comes to try to help her up. She doesn't take his hand for some reason. And they blur out. I don't know why they blur out the producer's faces. I think that's weird because, you know, they're part of the show. They're going to end up on camera, you know, potentially. Um, she, you know, I don't know. She says it's just a big day. And the producer says, you think you can do this? And she finally says, yeah. Um, she doesn't look like she's ready, but she says she is. And cut to the rose podium. There's one last rose there. Lecter says it's a weird day and a weird feeling. A, a weird feeling knowing something is ending, but something is also beginning. Um, luckily, it's not windy as hell like it was for poor Rachel a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's it's it's... It's not the most beautiful proposal set. Um, there's like these kind of broken statues and urns and stuff. I guess it's supposed to look Grecian. Um, so cut to Jed riding in the car to the proposal site. He's got his guitar. Oh, my gosh. As soon as I saw that guitar and he's holding the ring and I just, ugh, gag, please. You know, here's where cringy, that the cringiness that, that Chris Ward is about is going to come into play. Um, Tyler is normal in a car. <laughs> That's funny. I circled normal. He's just normal, which I appreciate. Um, Hannah says she doesn't know how to tell one of them that he's not enough because that's just not true. Anyways, um, the, the first car pulls up and the door opens and the foot comes out and it's a pretty big ass foot. So sure enough, pan up and it's Tyler. Sad face. Um, although he looks pretty relaxed. He, you know, he says, every time I think about you, I lose my words and I get cheesy and goofy. Um, oh, actually, I think that's what he says to Chris. Sorry, forgive me. Um, you know, I think it's a little ITM before he actually talks to Hannah. Chris, you know, chats with him for a moment and walks with him for a few feet and um, points him in the direction he needs to go. And Tyler begins the proposal process. He says he wants her more than he's ever wanted anything in his life. She's the woman of his dreams. Um, he gives us a little speech. Hannah Brown, you've captured my soul. I want to become the man I wanted. I've, I wanted to become the man I wanted to be, but didn't know how. I've grown emotionally and spiritually, and our light will burn forever, just like the lighthouse we met at in Jupiter, Florida. Oh, is he so perfect? I love you, Tyler. He's like so 
you know, scandal free and female positive and, you know, all those things that everybody says. He really is those things. I kind of hope he isn't The Bachelor because I don't want the, I don't want his, or even be on Bachelor in Paradise or anything. I don't want to screw up his, his good reputation and the good feelings we all have about this guy. Anyway, her face already looks kind of regretful. Um, but he continues, I started to fall in love with you uh, as I held you while we danced. And she interrupts, Tyler. And his face changes. And, and he says, so this isn't it. And his face gets sad. And he looks kind of off in the distance. And his eyes get red. <sighs> and Lecter says, I'm so lucky you know, to have loved you, to have, have been loved by you and supported by you. And how sweet and strong he is. And she's been everything she's asked for and more. And, you know, she knows her, their life would be amazing, but she's in love with someone else. And she's so sorry. And again, he's kind of, he hugs her and his eyes turn red. And he looks like he's hurting. He says, you know, this is going to hurt, but I'm still going to be your biggest fan. And I wish you and Jed nothing but success. And I really mean that. Um, uh, it's just so sad. You and Jed will be great. And he thanks her. He says, I'll see ya. He gets in the car. Um, he tells the camera while he's riding in the car, I thought this was it. You know, it's like a million uppercuts to the gut. Uh, Lecter pulled feelings out of him um, that he, he never, he wasn't able to open up in the past. And she was able to help him do that. And dude, you know, he got a good edit. So Bachelor, maybe. I'd support that. I still hope, I'm still kind of hoping for Mike, um, but I'd also be happy with Peter. We've got a nice group of, group of guys here. We briefly cut back to the live studio where Chris Harrison says, can Jed give Hannah the love and trust she needs in a husband? <sighs> Not likely. Anyway, there's, uh, we're back in Greece, and Hannah says she hopes Tyler forgives her. Um, she says she has more clarity. I'm so sick of that word. Ugh. She prayed um, for peace today, and she's waited whole, her whole life for her happy ending. You know, honey, you're 25 years old. Happy endings don't come easy for most people. So hang in there. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay, sweetie. Jed says it's the biggest day of his life. Chris Harrison welcomes Jed and his stupid-ass guitar. Chris Harrison, um, he's got a pretty good poker face, I noticed. You know, I don't think either Tyler or Jed could have looked at Chris and had any clue about who Hannah was going to choose. Um, but Hannah doesn't have as good of a poker face. She's smiling really big when Jed shows up. And Jed says, hey, you. You know, when I met you, I wanted to see a light in you and know that deepest part of you. And But your light is brighter than I ever imagined. Um... It was fast, but he loves her. Um, he's better in song than with words. Ugh. So she's smiling, but it's still kind of awkward, you know. Baby, time stands still for us. She applauds while he's singing. Um, she, when he's done with his stupid song, <clears throat> she says, I don't have a song, but I'd like to say some stuff. Um, she says she always prayed for her future husband. Um, she, you know... When she was little, she wondered where he was and what his passions were. 
and she thought it would be a couple of other people, but God led her to this moment, and she knows what she that she was waiting for him. And she says, I love you, Jade Wyatt. And um, I don't, he, he, do, he doesn't look that enthused when he realizes he's the one. But he does get on one knee, and he proposes to her. Very simply, will you marry me? She says yes, very simply. She looks very pretty in this moment. Um, and then she says, they hug, and they're pseudo-happy. I don't know, I just didn't feel it, you know. I didn't feel that joyous feeling that you feel when most of the bachelorettes get engaged, and they, you know, their intended swings them around, and they laugh and giggle. It didn't feel like that at all. It was very unusual. And then after they kind of hug and kiss, she says, I didn't even look at the ring, really, but I'm sure it's really pretty. And then he accepts her final rose. It's you, it's you, he says. We're engaged. We're getting married. Jed says we're engaged together. Again, we're engaged together. What? Where did he learn to speak English? I mean, speaking of English, he also thought they were English. I, he's, I don't know, whatever. Um... And then she does a little, she says, you're my miss, she sings the Mr. Right song, you're my Mr. Right, gag. Uh, anyway, so the proposal's over. Chris Harrison cut back to Chris, had a think she's found her soulmate, and he sealed it with a song, he shrugs. But Jed is about to face the music. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, and then they have a little vlog and, um, you know, they show them in their kind of their happy couple, you know, weekends kind of dancing around and being pretty, pretty happy looking. I mean, honestly, they look pretty happy. Um, and then, as Chris pointed out, it's time for Jed to face the music. Cut back to L.A. after the engagement. Um, Jed, rather slovenly attired, goes up to Hannah's residence and knocks on her door. And they have a little meeting. I guess the second night after they got engaged, um, Jed told her about this girl he'd, quote, been hanging out with. Um, so Hannah asked him, you know, he broke it off. And he said yes. Um, and, you know, he said it was nothing. So she tried to let it go. But then the People article came out. And his story didn't match what the article said. So Hannah says, Jed muddied the waters of our future together. And it's not what I said yes to. And, um, she, you know, she says she's had a hard week. She doesn't know how she feels about Jed. She loves the person she got engaged to, but she doesn't know about this person. Um, that's kind of the prelude to the meeting that they have. He gets there, he says he misses her. Um, oh man, you know, it's just, it's really heartbreaking. I, oh, okay, let's talk about it. You know, she doesn't know where to start. You know, why, she says, why'd you wait to tell me until, you know, after we got engaged? What, you know, he says, she, you know, he says, you know, she basically says, why is your version about the girlfriend different than the People Magazine version? You know, I want you to tell me the truth. So he tells her they met in October. He never felt like it was a relationship. We un he says, we only hung out a few times. Give me a break. I mean, Lecter said, this is time to be blunt. <clears throat> so, you know, basically, they 
they did a music, like they did like a ride around or something like that. And they slept together after that. They stayed in a cabin that, oh, he got for free. Well, they only went to this cabin because he got it for free. But it happened to be near where his parents lived. So they stopped by to meet the parents. But it was only because it was nearby. And it was no big deal that she met his parents. And, you know, Hannah's like, oh, well, no wonder. You know, no wonder your family was so weird when I went to visit you. Duh. You know, it's, it's interesting to watch her because she's kind of cluing in the same way we clued in as we got more information as time went by. Um, so Jed continues. In January, she threw him a surprise birthday party. He'd never had one. He says he'd never had a surprise birthday party. He's, I guess he's a Capricorn, which is embarrassing because I'm a Capricorn. And normally we're fairly honest people. Anyway, I wrote down Capricorn, question mark, shame. Anyways, for his birthday, her parents got them a vacation to go to the Bahamas. But they actually took the vacation on her birthday. Three days before they were supposed to leave for the trip, he got the um, official invitation to be on The Bachelorette. She was kind of sad about it, but she was also excited for his future. And the, uh, they're cutting to the audience throughout this. They're cutting... They're showing the audience in the lower corner and they're like, they're not buying it. They're shaking their heads and they're disgusted. Anyways, um, he told her it was going to, you know, I'm going on the bachelorette, but it's all about my music. Um, you know, he's, he basically says he was totally upfront with her and, you know, Lecter says that she, you know, she recalls the time when he was quote-unquote honest with her about the reasons he went on the show. And she says, it makes your right reasons speech sound really dishonest. And they uh, elaborate about the trip a little bit. Um, they went to the Bahamas, and that's where he told her he loved her, but he'd been drinking. Really, Jed? You know, throughout this, I keep thinking, what if he'd actually been 100% honest with her? Maybe they could have patched things up. Maybe things would have been okay. But he was still, like, making excuses the whole time. You know, she met his parents. He met her parents. His parents his parents got him a vacation for his birthday for crying out loud. She was his girlfriend. And he knows that. And he, uh, he knows that. He's not stupid. Well, he's a little stupid. But he's not so stupid not to know that this girl was his girlfriend. And, by the way, he did admit you know, to sleeping around during his relationship with her. You know, he thought it wasn't exclusive and she wasn't his girlfriend. And so he had other dalliances while he was dating her. Anyway, Lecter tells him how selfish he is to her, to his girlfriend, and to Hannah. Um, you know, he says when he got to Los Angeles for the show, he ended it um, in his, not verbally, but in his heart and his mind. Honey, Jed, Haley, I think is the girlfriend's name. She can't read your heart and your mind. you got to do it verbally or it does not count! Exclamation point. <sighs> Lecter says, you slept with her the night before you left. And she says, my mom and brother, are, they, they've been getting texts. And I've got a text about these two girls who were in your apartment. So she's got her phone. Apparently... 
so there was some sort of music festival in Nashville that Lecter went to, and this was after the proposal, and she went to visit Jed because, you know, they were engaged, and secretly she went to go visit him after this music festival. And immediately subsequent to that, some girls were hanging out at Jed's apartment, and they got pushed in the pool, and Lecter brings this up to him, and he's like, oh, let me see. He's got to look at the pictures of the girls to remember who they are. Oh my gosh, the whole thing is just a freaking mess. Jed says, we didn't even know who those girls were. Well, you threw them in the pool, Lecter says. And that was all after the engagement. Uh, Lecter feels betrayed. Um, you know, she, you know, basically, she says, I did all the steps. I did all the steps to be really engaged. And, you know, basically accuses him of not understanding the seriousness of the engagement and the whole situation. Uh, she just, you know, she, she basically just feels that he used her for his career. Oh, boy. Um, she, and sorry. She's everything he's ever wanted, he says, and he can see why she's, you know, she sees him as dishonest. He says, what do I have to do? And she says, be honest. You know, what crossed your mind that night with, at that first night on the show with Scott, when Scott had a girlfriend and I sent him home, what was going through your mind? You know, he had a girlfriend and I sent him home. What did you think about that? And Jed says, well, I didn't have a girlfriend though. Oh my gosh. And the audience just, oh, the audience loses it then. They're like, oh, er, they're doing the same thing I'm doing right now. Er, and they're just, uh. anyways. Um, he says he held back details because he didn't want to lose her, but he admits he was a coward. He's not proud of himself. Anyways, so, you know, he, he feels bad he put himself in that position, but Lecter says, no, you put us in this position. He doesn't want to cry on camera, he says, but Lecter's like, she's like, who cares, Jed? You know, what, that's the least you're worries now, crying on camera. Crying on camera is not going to do anything for you. Crying on camera will probably improve your situation, Jed. Right now you just like look like an arrogant, aloof dum-dum. Um anyways. He says he grew he says he really grew during the show, but Lecter says, but when you got back, you went back to your old self. And Lecter says, you knew I was struggling, but you kept that information from me have affected my decision says you know I, I'm sorry you don't deserve this I want to be someone you're proud of Hannah and then she starts to take the ring off and the audience goes crazy She's, you know she finally says she says this doesn't mean the same thing this is not what I said yes to and she takes the ring off and the audience goes crazy about this time it's time to go back to the live studio with Chris Harrison and Hannah and um, she comes out in this hot pink dress. She looks beautiful. Again, I hate her jewelry. She's got these pizza-shaped, glittery, diamondy, you know, earrings on. They're hideous. But otherwise, she looks absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful pink dress, hot pink dress. She looks loud and proud, just like Tyler described her earlier. Um, Chris Harrison says, you know, the rumors have now been confirmed by this footage. And, you know down with Chris. They basically just recap the whole thing. Hannah tells uh, Chris that, you know, he, that Jed admitted 
um, you know, that he had had, he said, he admitted, he said, I love you to the girlfriend. And Hannah says, well, no wonder she thought she was his girlfriend. Um, Hannah tells Chris, you know, how she felt during this time. She said that she um, sobbed on the floor. Her life caved in. She was mad, mad as hell, but she also got strong. Chris says, where does your relationship stand now? And Hannah says, uh, I'm not with Jed anymore. And the audience explodes with approving uh, um, applause. They're super excited for her. <clears throat> Chris says, everyone's applauding, but when I see the hurt in your face, I want to say I'm sorry. And, you know, she want the, her engagement day, she, she wanted that to be like the best day of her life. That was supposed to be her special day, but it got ruined. And she had to grapple with it. Hannah, honey, you're magna cum laude. You had to grapple with it. You didn't have to grapple with it. But that's okay. I understand it's live television. You're upset. It's a difficult thing to do. Um, well, actually, maybe she was hanging out with Colton too much, right? Because of his, his heavy burden to wear. Anyway. Um, she says, but um, she deserved more than that. Chris Harrison says, you know, we're about to bring out Jed, who you haven't seen since the breakup. So Jed comes out. He looks nice. Um, but to almost no applause. There's maybe four people in the audience clapping for Jed. It's, a, it's, it's sad. It's really sad. Um, I don't know. Again, if he had, like, during his, you know, during the filmed ring give back breakup session he'd been more honest and more forthcoming maybe people wouldn't hate you so much jib um so, oh i wrote down he got jets a little bit of clapping jets anyway um so first and foremost from the bottom of my heart i'm sorry he says he finally sees he wasn't the best person he could be to himself and to others um, what he did kind of ruined, and Hannah corrects him, not kind of, you know, her special, you know, her experience. And he wanted to spend the rest of his life with her. He's sorry to Hannah, to her family, to his friends, to Bachelor Nation, and he's sorry that he took away this experience from her. It's a pretty good speech. He is much more remorseful now than he was in the previous segment. Um, I think he's just trying to save his footing in Bachelor Nation. Like maybe he's hoping for a paradise gig or I don't know what he's hoping for, but you know, I don't who question for you guys, Rosette Nation, all ten of you. Um who's the bigger pariah, Luke P or Jed? Who has less of a chance to come back on say Bachelor of Paradise Bachelor in Paradise or if there's another winter games or something? You know, do either of them have any future in Bachelor Nation at all? I don't know. Um, you know, if you have any thoughts on that, email us or message us or whatever you want to do. He says he's responsible. He'll own up to it all day. He never dreamed that he would meet the person he wanted to spend the rest of his life with on a reality dating show. He wished he'd known more about it before he joined. Please. I hate that. You know, why didn't you come clean, Chris asks him. 
he was, Jed says he was acting out of fear. He was scared to lose Hannah. Um, he had had closure on his part, but others didn't. And, I don't know, he's basically saying that he thought that he and his girlfriend were done, but she didn't know that. Duh, Jed, because you ghosted her. Dumbass. Anyway, Chris asks Hannah to respond after a long pause. Electra says, you know, I appreciate your apology, but it's so messed up and sad. You know, it's really hurt me, but I know it's been hard on you and your family. What you did wasn't right, but I did fall in love with you. And I know, you know, I know that same person is in there. She hopes that he'll learn and grow into the man she knows he can be. Um, you know, Jed says he, Chris Harrison asks how he feels about Hannah. And she, he says, Jed says he feels the same about her right now as he did when he got down on one knee. Um, he never fathomed, oh, big word for Jed, um, that this would happen. She was the first person he thought he could see himself with forever, 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 married in a family. Um, he never had that level of relationship with anyone, but that came with Hannah, and he wished he could change it. He'll always be in love with her, but look at her face, dude. She's over you. And Chris Harrison says, how do you feel, Hannah? Lecter says, my feelings have changed. The trust was broken, and I don't love you that way anymore. The audience erupts again into applause. Lecter looks at them and directly addresses the audience. She says, this is not something to clap about. This is sad. Which really kind of um, broke my heart. And she is. She has toughened up. She is a tough little cookie. And she was, that is honest, you know. We can, we can do two things at once. We can... We can laud her and appreciate her for her growth and her independence and all of that. But we also need to remember that this experience was completely not what she wanted or expected. So that part of it, that loss is sad and that is worth sort of grieving over. Um, but she's put a great spin on the whole thing and Bachelor Nation is in love with this girl this woman. Um, Chris Harrison says, you know, so he says, is this, so is this over, over? And Lecter very quickly says, yes. Chris Harrison gives Jed his, the final word. And Jed says he does love her. And, you know, you know, I'm sorry, my actions have changed your love. You deserve the world and to be happy. I hope God bestows a super happy life on you. And please, you know, keep being amazing. I think you're amazing. She hopes the same for him. And Chris Harrison thanks them both. Commercial break. Afterwards, Chris asks Hannah how she's feeling. She's all right. She's proud of herself because she has, um, you know, she, she's done the best she could. She's been true to herself. Um, she says, I want a husband, but I don't need one. I'm hella strong. And Chris is, says he's proud of her too. And he says there's a guy who deserves um, another another guy who deserves respect that we want to talk about as well. Um, 
fan, they bring out Tyler. And Ty Hannah has already admitted to the fact that she still has feelings, you know, that the feelings for Tyler didn't go away. That she's been grieving their relationship. Tyler comes out. The crowd goes mad. Um, there's one lady in the crowd with her fingers crossed. It's... It's so corny, but it's sort of adorable, too. Um, he comes out. He looks great. He's got that wonderful smile, and she smiles her smile, that giddy smile that she gets. Um, they have There's a big hug. Tyler and Hannah have a big hug. Um, he says, hey, girl. She says, hey, boy. Um, you know, Tyler shakes Chris's hand. Oh, they, they, the, crowd, the crowd is going mad. Um, she's very flirty and uh, sort of this flirty slash shy kind of vibe. And the first time they've seen each other um, since they were in Greece. You know, they are either really good actors or they're um, super happy to see each other. Um, he said, Tyler says he has so much respect for her and that she's was so powerful and strong this season. He's doing his, you know respectful king thing that's his moniker on social media lately um when when he says when she chose jed um he fully supported that and thought she would be in good hands um that that morning he was so nervous he threw up it was kind of like reminiscent of his old football days when he would get really nervous and he was happy as a little kid to see her on that day and he was ready to take the big step with her and Chris says, what's going through your head? And Lecter flirtily says, um, you know, she says that everything that they went through was real to her. And everything she said, she meant and she felt. And she still has feelings for him. Crowd goes wild. Oh, crossed fingers, clapping hands, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's going to continue to be strong, but giggle, giggle. Um, um, I'm bold. So I want to make a bold move. You're an incredible guy, and I'm a single girl. So do you want to have drinks and hang out? Crowd goes wild. Tyler answers, I would love to. Just tell me when, and I am there. Um, Chris Harrison tries to get them to commit to this whole thing. He's like, so is this going to happen? I ship this. It's so cute. It's so cute when old people like Chris Harrison and myself say things like, I ship this. But, you know, as much as Chris is pushing for it, and I don't blame him. He's the host of the show. That's his job. Um, Tyler and Hannah are are reticent to commit to anything besides a drink and, quote, hanging out. Although Tyler does say that he would like a date card. And... Chris says, oh, no problem. I'll send a limousine, a helicopter, a hot air balloon, whatever. Just no horses. So they're going to take it slow. And, um, you know, that, that was the end of Hannah's season. Here's what I think. I think that, you know, they, they brought Tyler out last. That's as far as I know, a really unusual thing to do on after the final rose to bring the runner up out last. I think maybe that they had determined shortly before the broadcast that Tyler and Hannah would maybe, you know, at least commit to another date or get together so that the rest of us, Bachelor Nation, could feel 
uplifted and happy about the conclusion of Hannah's season. Um, but that doesn't make it any less cool. And um, we saw, I think it was Thursday, maybe it was, I think it was Friday morning, we got additional news about this hangout, get drinks, meetup thing. Um, Tyler was seen leaving Hannah's residence on Friday morning, I think about 10 in the morning, um, looking disheveled, carrying an overnight bag. They both looked like they were sort of in jammy type clothes, disheveled, um, looking fairly happy, if a little tired and, you know, Bachelor Nation went mad. Oh, you know, so who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Apparently they did have their get together and their drink and fantasy suite part two who knows um but good for them let's i mean hopefully they'll you know if it's real i hope that they make it i hope that they can live happily ever after if it's not real i hope that they can figure that out pretty damn quick so that we can have tyler as our bachelor um i know ariel's if ariel listens to this she's gonna be like no mom no i want Mike, I want Mike. Um, and I'm on the Mike train too. I, we've got three good choices this year. We've got Peter, Mike, and Tyler. All three of them I think would be suitable bachelors. Um, I think that Bachelor in Paradise may bring us a couple of other options, including perhaps John Paul Jones. They're really promoting the heck out of him. Um, when I was downstairs not being able to sleep, I was scrolling through my phone and there is a clip out there of John Paul Jones's arrival in paradise and he's wearing his speedo just like he said he was going to do on the mental all. And Chris says something along the line of, you know, in Mexico, shall we call you one Pablo Jones? And you know, John Paul Jones is like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. And they, sh the clip ends with John Paul Jones running down the paradise steps, hollering like a madman. Um, <laughs> it should be a lot of fun. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We, you know, we can't know. Oh my gosh, this podcast is so long, but I'm covering four hours. So I appreciate your patience with me. I, if any of you that stuck with me this long, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I humbly and profoundly thank you. Two more minutes. Um, final thoughts on Hannah's season. Who would have known how awesome she would be from that first date and that first date toast on Colton season to now? I mean, my goodness, what a, what an incredible year she's had. I think we've all, most all of us is really have really come to love and respect her. She made some stupid choices. I mean, let's be honest. She just keeping Luke around that long and choosing Jed in the end when you know, she could have kept Mike or Connor S. Is that, I think it's Connor S. And, you know, I don't know, a couple of, there were a couple other guys that were pretty cool um, around rather than Luke and even Jed, you know. But I truly think she learned from those mistakes. And I, I think her season is going to go down as one of the most watchable, kind of inspiring, kind of as important as the Bachelor franchise can be. I, I mean, I realize it's a reality dating show, but it does give us sort of 
um, hefty themes that we can chew on and talk about, which is the whole reason that Ariel and I wanted to make this podcast in the first place, was because we have these conversations about it that lead to sort of, you know, themes that we can discuss. I can impart some advice to her. She can kind of take in information about dating in the world and make her choices about whatever guys come into her orbit um, a little more selectively. So I know it's just a dating show, but it was a fun season and I'm glad you guys um, were there for it with us. And we will be back to talk about Bachelor in Paradise soon. I can't wait. It's my favorite. Um, and Ariel will be back in a couple days. So thank you all. Um, as usual, we ask that um, you, if you can, if you would kindly, please rate, review, and subscribe. And, um, you know, hit us up on social media. And, I mean, we would love to hear from you. We would love to have a mailbag type of episode where we can talk with you and answer your questions and mothers please share us with your daughters daughters please share us with your mothers and we love you all so please share with those you love as well it is the middle of the night i'm hoping i can go to sleep now love you all and we will talk to you in paradise <laughs>